The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to the Women's Sanctuary, the podcast about tending the soul of women, sisterhood, and the rise of the sacred feminine. I'm your host, Arlia Hoffman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Women's Sanctuary. This is Arlia. Um, here we are, 2021 in season two, and I'm thrilled to have you with us. Um, I, and just a note before we get started. I don't even know what to say about 2021, except um, a lot of what I talked about last year has been about staying grounded, staying centered, um, minding your own business in the best possible way, you know, doing your work and, and focusing on your perspective and staying grounded in your community. All those things I'm going <laughs> to continue to harp on because that's what keeps us centered in, um, as the world changes around us. Um, and so to that end, one of the uh, guests I have today is um, a woman who has really crafted her own life to her own liking and built her life, you know, according to her own dreams. And that's what we love hearing about here at the Women's Sanctuary. Her name is Molly Mandelberg, and she is the founder of Wild Hearts Rise Up and creator of Your Money Machine the wild woman's approach to a heart-centered sales funnel. As a tech-savvy strategist, Molly supports coaches, healers, and emerging thought leaders to expand their outreach so they can connect with more people and make more money with less time spent. With a heart of a writer and the brain of an engineer, Molly is uniquely qualified to support her people to not only connect the dots and tackle the tech, but also to craft their deep work into inspiring content and hot copy. She is known for taking the overwhelm out of big, exciting projects so that they can be birthed into the world and received by those who need them. Hi, Molly. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you. You too. Um, I love this with the heart of a writer and the brain of an engineer. You know, in in some small and slightly different way, I I I identify as a kind of a bridge between the people who are have vision and the people who can make it happen. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sounds like a role that you fill. Definitely, yeah. I found um, I started my business as a hypnotherapist, and I was very much in the healing world and transforming my own life with all the tools that I was learning. And then after a while, I I was geeking out so much on the tactical side of business that I found a lot of the people I was in community with, while they were brilliant healers and leaders and facilitators and guides, they didn't have the technology acumen or the um, way to craft their message into something that was compelling. So I actually just started letting my friends hire me and it's a beautiful unfolding. It's my business has just taken off over the last five or six years um, because I bridged that world. I bridged between, like you said, the more heart centered and the more brilliant mind with how do we actually get that out into the world so that people can actually discover it and receive it and make use of it. So it's it's been fun. It serves a lot of my own um personal desires for expression of like, how do we make this smart? How do we make it strategic? How do we make it systemized and downstream and easy and effortless as much as possible? And how do we also make it desirable and 
and um, connect to the people who really want to see it and find it. Absolutely. And it's all about getting getting the message out there and connecting to the people who who whoever the business person wants to serve. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I am intrigued by um okay, now what I didn't mention is that you have a podcast Nick, called Tactical Magic, which I think yeah. is a brilliant name. But I also love Wild Hearts Rise Up. Where did that name come from? So when I started my business doing hypnotherapy, it was called full spectrum hypnotherapy because I was so into all the different ways that the hypnotherapy could help people. Let's do it all, right? Yeah, and I, it's it's good for everything. So of course, everybody should try it and we can do whatever you want to work on. And um, I'm not going to ever tell somebody that they must choose a niche, but my use of hypnotherapy was also my desire to not cl- close my aperture and niche down. And I found that um, that meant I was hanging out with, when you run a business that's serving an audience, you're hanging out with those people every day. And if you don't get specific on who you want to hang out with, you're going to end up having conversations that maybe don't light you up quite as much. So as I started changing the focus of my business and getting more specific and dropping the hypnotherapy for the most part, um, I found I wanted to be really clear on who I wanted to be stuck in a room with for the next three to five to lifetime number of years. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are the wild hearts. Those are the people who are expanding their realities that are believing in irrational possibilities and that are helping others to do the same. And so um, what do those wild hearts need to do in this day and age is rise up. And so it was me dorking out on wordsmithing and brainstorming all the words I'd want to put together and wild hearts rise up is what came out of that. Um, and luckily I, I know sometimes we brand ourselves for our business and then we wonder, you know, can this new project even go under that umbrella or does it need to be a whole new website or a whole new thing? I found that choosing wild hearts rise up became not just my message, but also my life. And so I get to put my podcast under that umbrella really easily. And I travel full time in a sprinter van that I converted into my own tiny home on wheels. And that van life content goes under wild hearts rise up so easily. So it just became this overarching umbrella of who I am and who I serve and what I desire me and my people to do, which is rise up and expand beyond our limitations and show up in the world so that other people can find us and be inspired to grow and evolve as well. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, So let's talk about, it sounds like you are living your dream. I would say in many ways I'm living my dream. And yes, there are still more echelons of expansion that I aspire to. Um, But yeah, this is a dream that I had that I built and now get to live. Definitely. That's fantastic. Um, Let's talk about the people you work with and and their dreams and what it's like to to support them in in you said something earlier about irrational possibilities. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So how does that how does that work with the people you you work with? Yeah, definitely. So I mostly work with um, coaches and holistic practitioners, healers, um, people who trade in wisdom and guidance. So I don't work that much with people who are selling tangible products, although I have an Oracle deck that I've created that's on my website if anybody wants to check it out. Um, Mostly I trade in wisdom and guidance and people who are trading in wisdom and guidance. And what I know is those people are being guided to broadcast in a bigger way. They're being guided to facilitate this paradigm shift that I think we're all starting to become aware of now. And they're guided to help people heal themselves 
and wake up to the fact that we can create our own realities and we can be the masters of our domain and that we can expand beyond limitation. And so what I get to do is help those people get out of their own way, whether it's a limiting belief that, you know, as a healer, I should be doing this for free because I have these gifts. I should be sharing them more. Um, that isn't serving anyone, just so you know. Um, that's my, my interesting point of view. Um, and it's an irrational possibility because most of us healers and holistic practitioners and leaders, um, coaches, facilitators, we are often surrounded by a reality that tells us to get a real job, to mm-hmm. think practically, to think linear, linearly that, you know, one action will lead to one result. And we have to be irrational in our thinking to go beyond that forced perspective and say, you know what? No, I believe that if I trust my intuition and if I follow this path and if I master my tools and acquire the skills I need, that I will be able to serve people in a grander way than that nine to five job would allow me to. And I'm going to continue connecting to those possibilities and do whatever the heck it takes. I would swear, but I'm not sure I'm allowed to on your show. Yeah, whatever, go the, for it. <laughs> whatever the fuck it takes to exactly. get there. Yeah. So it's an irrational possibility that we have to stay present to. And I like to remind my people, my audience, my clients, that it's okay to believe in a dream that is so far out. No one in your life gets it. And a lot of times our families and our spouses and our parents or our children aren't going to get it. And we have to believe in it beyond them until it becomes something they can grok and understand. And sometimes that might take a few years. It might take us getting to a level of success that they can understand. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure my dad still doesn't really understand what I do, but he's seen me rise up into a new level of who I am and how I show up in the world. And he's almost always the first person to reply to my automated emails saying, you're awesome. Keep going, girl. And I'm like, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, sometimes he does, but um, but thank you, dad, because I know you don't get it, but at least you can see that I'm showing up and making a difference. And that might be the way it is with our families. And some of our families may not, or our friends even may try to talk us out of our vision. And that's why I tell a lot of people, it's okay to have this dream without sharing it with other people. And it's really important. And it has been really important for me, like Arlia and I had talked about on the episode, I had you on my show. Um, that community who is believing in the irrational dream you're believing in is vitally important to staying with it, to not giving up on it, to um, believing that it's really possible for you because there are other people who have the same irrational dream and are moving towards it as well. Um, that's a huge part of the process, I think. I was well. just about to say that. I think that's where you know community comes in, right? To be able to, to have your back and support you and cheer you on in the midst of your family going, what in the hell are you doing? Yeah, exactly. I remember when I was studying archetypes in in my grad school program, I was talking to my dad on the phone and uh, he said, is that like architecture? (laughs) I said, no, "No, but thanks for trying. It's structured in a similar way. (laughs) It's just, you know, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Cause I've, you know, I was also thinking, um, um, I talked in a previous podcast about my own story and Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, and she talks about the inner wild woman, the instinctual wild woman who, who we've been acculturated to not listen to and to suppress and how, so that's what wild hearts rise up reminds me of is that wild instinctual woman who really needs to be on lead 
but also we need to find a way to, to, you know, to manifest it in the 3D with, you know, our ego and our structures, but really her wisdom needs to be on lead. And that's what, that's what you're reminding me of. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my good friends and um, a, a coach that I collaborated with in the past, Jen August says that big vision requires big support. And that big support, it might look like a community who has your back. And it also might look like the skills and the tools and the strategy to support you to create that big vision. And, you know, there's a lot of different pieces of what that support can look like, but a big vision requires big support. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you do, right? Yeah. <laughs> so both I'm of us part do of in different support. ways. But, yeah. But what have you seen? How have you seen that impact your clients with their with bringing their vision into the world? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times my clients come to me when they're at that pain point of, I really, really want to bring this out. I want this thing to become real in my reality. I've had this idea. I've wanted to create this course or I've wanted to, you know, have an impact on a grander scale. And I just don't know what the next step is. I don't know what to do to create it. Or I've been going in circles with technology, getting stuck, or I can't seem to put the words out into the world in the right frame or the right places that it gains the traction that I want it to gain. And so I help them come in and figure out where those missing pieces are and teach them what systems or strategies I have that can help them in those different areas so that they can actually show up and actually have that engagement and have that impact that they really desire with their message. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Cause that, that really is the, that's the missing piece for a lot of visionaries and healers. Definitely. Yeah. How, and I think did, there's a lot of visionaries and healers out there who haven't stepped into the lens of leadership as fully as they'd like to, because they're not sure how, or they're not yeah. sure they can, or they're not sure they should, or they think they don't have time or all those limiting beliefs that we come up with to keep ourselves smaller. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll just offer a disclaimer here that it doesn't have to look like what we're talking about. That leadership yeah. can look very local. It can look very personal or it can look on a, on a global scale. It just depends on what your dream is calling you to. Absolutely. Yeah. How did, how did you get here, Molly? How did you get to <laughs> get to doing this work right here, right now with such clarity and, and execution? Almost entirely by accident. <laughs> Isn't that how, how most things happen? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll be uh, vulnerable and share that I spent most of my 20s avoiding anything that looked like responsibility or an actual career path. I was so averse to um, having a dead-end job that I was kind of just skating around avoiding this reality because I didn't know what it would look like for me. And I didn't want to get stuck in something I didn't like. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my 20s, I mean, I've been nomadic for um, 12 and a half years now, I think, close to it. And that um, was a lot of meandering, <laughs> vagabond wayfaring and nomadic lifestyle and working a restaurant job for a couple months and then you know, just enough to get me back on the road and then getting back on the road. And I would usually travel abroad in a backpack in the winter to avoid winter. And then I would travel around the country in my Subaru all summer long, going to music festivals and different gatherings and visiting friends and family along the way, but avoiding having a path 
And the only thing I knew back then, I was writing a novel at the time, which is still not published yet, but I see it happening soon. Um, I knew that I wanted to write this book and that was the only thing I had to go off of. And in the meantime, I was studying, I was reading, I was um, learning about myself through my interactions and my relationships. And um, I read this book called, well, I read Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss um, many years ago. And I had then read Miracles Happen another one of his books. And in the process of reading that book, I realized that Brian Weiss, this brilliant mind who I'd like idolized in some way as knowing so much about past lives, which I had always, I'd been raised believing in and had such a fascination with that he led workshops and that I could attend such a workshop. So I got on the wait list for Brian Weiss's um, five day past life regression training in um, New York. And I was living in California at the time. and I was on the wait list. So I was like, I don't know if it happens, I'll go. And lo and behold, I got pulled off the wait list and um, had to come up with a thousand dollars to pay for the class in order to secure my spot on the wait list. I had no idea how I was going to fly there. I was not in a financial abundance place at the time and managed to make good tips. Somebody showed up out of my past, out of nowhere, having owed me $500 and paid me and managed to make that payment within a week. So synchronicity of events, I started to listen to that tap on my shoulder saying, hey, there's something else you could be exploring here. Started to listen to that call. The universe started to show up to support the steps that seemed to be flowing in front of me. I attended that five-day workshop Um, It led me to desire more hypnotherapy training. So I went and took an intensive course in hypnotherapy. I was still living in California in a tiny 350 square foot apartment with my boyfriend at the time. It was very much his apartment that I was just hanging out and living with him. But I had nowhere to practice these tools. There was just no way in that tiny apartment, even if he worked all day long, that I was going to bring someone in and practice hypnotherapy on them there. So I was out for a walk a few weeks after my hypnotherapy certification had finished. And I saw a sign for uh, office space that was for lease. And the blank spot on the sign was office number four. And that's my lucky number. So I thought, oh, like, I'll just go and see. I walked in the front door. There was no receptionist. So I went and knocked on door number four and no one answered. And I opened the door to this office and immediately had one of those moments of knowing of this is this is a place where some of my life's work will be done. And I had no idea. It gives me chills to talk about it now, but I had no idea what that meant or what that was going to look like, but I knew that I had to follow it. So from the moment of walking through that door within 11 days, I had leased the office. I had named my business. I had gotten business insurance, a business checking account. I built a website. I, I had my boyfriend was so luckily at the time, a graphic designer. So he had made my logo and printed me business cards as a gift. Within 11 days, I went from this aimless, like someone exploring skills and practicing something she was interested in to suddenly being a business owner. And then that whole first year of my business, I had to figure out what that meant for me because I didn't know what being a business owner was. That felt really scary. It was an identity crisis. And I had to do a lot of unpacking and inner work to get out of my own way to say, actually, no, yes, this is something I want to explore. This is someone I want to be. I'm going to now reinvent myself as a person who runs a successful business as a healer after being such an aimless vagabond for so many years. 
Um, so there was a lot of starving artist stories. There was a lot of, um, I can't, I shouldn't, who am I to do this stuff that had to get unpacked. Um, that relationship ended. I ended up moving back to Oregon and just taking a lot of leaps of faith of learning new stuff, taking courses and programs, finding mentors in, in like completely immersing myself in community with other people in the same field. Um, same industry of coaches and holistic practitioners. And yeah, following the thread of, you know, this doesn't feel quite right. I got tired of doing induction. I wanted to do, I, I noticed a lot of my clients were getting as much transformation before we ever went into the hypnosis part. So I thought, okay, maybe I'm a coach. And I started exploring what being a coach would be like and try different niches. And as I did that, being the creator and the writer that I am, Every time I switched my focus, I would develop so much content. I would build out courses. I would start making sales funnels. I would figure out all these email automations and just develop so much content and put myself out there as much as I could every time I switched my focus. And after a while of that not quite taking off easily, it still felt like a struggle. Um, I had this knockdown, <laughs> I wouldn't say knockdown drag out, but really it was just like a breakdown moment with a girlfriend of mine. We were at a workshop in the hotel room afterwards. And I said, Karen, like, could you just tell me what I'm good at? Because I clearly can't see myself. I can't see it for myself. Can you just tell me what the world needs from me? Because I don't know. And she said, honestly, Molly, like, we need your help with that content creation stuff. We need your help with the writing. We need your help with the technology. All these things that you keep launching and sharing we don't know how to even make those. Mm -hmm. And my first thought was, no one is going to pay me for that. That's the fun stuff. And if you ever hear yourself saying that, please take note of what you're talking about, because that yeah. might be your thing. Um, and she said, no, you know, we can't. It's not fun for anyone but you. So why don't you help <laughs> us? So I had won some little game at this workshop, and I had the opportunity to speak and give a 12-minute talk the next day. And suddenly this room of people that I was going to be speaking to were all my ideal clients because I had switched my focus to I'm going to help coaches and healers talk about what they do and systemize their business so that it functions better and that they can share their work on a grander scale. Rewrote my talk overnight, gave my talk, made a little offer for a $97 session. I had had a lot of zero months in my business up to there. I was in this really kind of desperate place financially. And those three people out of 12 said yes to that $97 offer. And all three of them ended up signing on for a full package of, I think at the time it was a thousand bucks for five sessions or something, maybe more than that. Um, it was definitely a thousand dollars, but it might've been six or seven sessions. I don't remember. I wasn't charging very much back then, but that suddenly told me that a, this stuff I had geeked out on was necessary and B that people would pay me to do it for them and that see it was already something I really enjoyed and that I was still in the process of mastery but I knew more than they knew about it so I was just a couple steps ahead which was enough to help them um, and from there it's just been this upward spiral for years of owning my own expertise more um, exploring my own expertise more so that I can continue learning, continue being on the front edge of a lot of these things that change really fast. And also um, the confidence and alignment of, yes, this is who I am and this is what I do. If you had told my younger self that I would be teaching people marketing, basically, I would have laughed in your face 
And yet here I am years later with a deep passion for marketing from a heart-centered place and helping people show up in the world in grander, bigger ways. And not just to do the strategic stuff, but also to do the inner work to get out of our own way so that we can show up at all, so that we can follow through with the work, whether that's a time limitation we have to uncover or whether that's a worthiness thing that we have to unpack. Um, It's really, I'm really passionate about seeing leaders own their potency and step forward so that the world can actually receive from them and that they can be supported by it. Yeah. Long story. Long story, <laughs> but it's, it's so full powerful. picture. It's so powerful. Um, and I was thinking, well, yeah, you just listened to your inner voice. You, you yeah. listened enough and you honored it enough to listen to it. The other thing I was thinking as you spoke was like, girl, you can pay, pivot on a dime. Yeah, I did. We call me, people like me, we call a niche switcher. Uh-huh. Um, it's There's nothing wrong with it. I, some people have shiny object syndrome and that's one thing. Um, and I often say it's probably not shiny object syndrome. It's probably your inner call guiding you forward and trust that. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen too many people stick with something that's not working just because they don't want people to see them as flaky if they change their focus. And I think it's way more important to honor your own alignment than to worry about what other people are going to think about you retargeting or refocusing your path. Yeah. Well, I think that's a a theme we see coming up and that's really important because I, I've experienced that myself, you know, the, the pressure to have some sort of traditional employment and, and then also, however, following my own, um, my own inner voice and it, leads me down you know this path and then the next path and um i could have three to five projects going at once but that's that's what floats my boat is having lots of things i can attend to and definitely and create and watch grow i want to say one thing about that also i think a lot of people who are feeling that intuitive call to shift a little bit and focus more directly in a new direction there's a fear that I had a lot of grief about it and a lot of fear about it when I was going through it, that we're starting over from square one and that as we refocus, we're back at the drawing board and we haven't made any progress and we're like starting over from scratch. And I just want to tell anyone who's in that position that it's never starting over from scratch. You are starting in a new direction from where you have already gotten to everything you did, everything I did in hypnotherapy, everything I did in those different coaching niches that I chose was giving me the skills and the knowledge that I needed to be good at what I do now. So it's always a step forward. It's never ground zero. And um, a friend of mine, um, Tad Hargrave, who does marketing for hippies.com, he talks about something called a niching spiral. And I think a lot of people think that if I just wait long enough, I will get clear and I can just start on the one thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you, I think that's not accurate. In my experience, it hasn't been. That clarity actually comes from action and clarity comes from 
experimentation and trying things. So please, if you're in a holding pattern of it's not ready yet, I'll just wait and think on it longer. Start playing with it. Start having practice sessions with people. Start sharing your message in whatever form it's in right now. And as you get on those phone calls with people or as you have those sessions or as you lead those calls or as you start broadcasting that message, you're going to get the feedback you need to zero in and focus deeper. And that clarity comes from moving forward, not from waiting for the clarity. Absolutely. I agree. I think the clarity does come from the action. And yeah. it's, it's, it's that um, it's in the doing that, I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen until you start doing it. And then you, you find out what works, what doesn't work or what's um, what you really are aligned with and, and where you're being guided, right? If you're sitting still, it's the guidance doesn't come as, as clearly or as strongly. And yeah. I think it's important I mean, to keep talking about this for now because of the people who've had to pivot in the last year yeah. are suddenly at home and are contemplating or creating something new, kind of that encouragement to keep going, keep listening to yourself and, and just keep working at it. It's, I mean, sure, something's going to fail, but something else will succeed. And you're absolutely right that, that um, you know, you bring all of you with you into a new endeavor and it will just, you, you will bring all of that wisdom and, and experience to bear in whatever you do next. Absolutely. And the more you're willing to go out and fail, the more quickly you're going to get that feedback and be able to pivot. It's that fear of failure that I think puts us into a gridlock. So try some things, see what happens. And I have a program where I sort of mix the magic and the marketing. It's called Magnetic Influencer Collective. And I preach this to them so often. But even if you share a post on social media and it gets no traction, or even if you send an email and nobody responds to it, the act of creation is increasing the magnetic pull to your offering. So Absolutely. just creating that, whether or not that was the tipping point for someone to say yes, that act of creation, that act of broadcasting, that act of becoming the lighthouse that shares the light out into the world, that is increasing the potency, increasing the magnetic pull of your offering. So don't feel bad if you don't get the results right away that you think you're going to get. You're still increasing that potency level. You're showing up. Yeah. You're showing up and that's what counts. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I definitely feel like we've, we've become too attached to how many likes did I get? How much engagement? Mm -hmm. How much blah, blah, blah. I Vanity mean, it's, metrics. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's important, but not as important as we've made it. Because once you start showing up, the right people will see it. Yeah. And they may never have commented. They may be coming out of the woodwork like, I've been following you for years. And it's like, I didn't even know your name. <laughs> like, well, okay. I mean, how many times have you had that happen? I've yeah. had people say, like, um, I don't know. I got a comment or a question in chat recently from someone I barely knew who clearly was following my work. And mm -hmm. like, you know, you just don't know who's out there. You don't, you don't. know who's paying attention. Yeah. And so you're making a difference, even if those vanity metrics don't prove that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, you know, what, what do you see happen for your clients when, when you help them and support them getting their structures in place? Yeah. Systems. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things because as a whole, as a hypnotherapist and as a one-on-one -on -one practitioner, there's a, ripple effect of your time for money situation that you're impacting this many people. And yes, there's a ripple effect beyond that because those empowered people are now going back into their normal lives 
as more powerful. And so everybody gets to fuel off of that, so to speak. But my ripple effect increased exponentially when I started supporting the facilitators instead of just supporting one-on-one people um, that my clients um, finally create the program or course that they never thought they could. They finally start having um, raving fans on their email list instead of people who can't remember who they are. They have, you know, they launch programs successfully for the first time. This has been a really hard year for a lot of people, especially people who are only seeing people face-to-face who then had to pivot to doing stuff online. But I've seen my clients have more success in this past year with income generation and actual results happening from their business, from their launches being successful because so many more people right now are willing to learn online, are willing to show up to things because they don't have, they have more free time. They don't have as much obligation or stuff to go and do. Um, So yeah, financial freedom. Um, Most of them report a sense of finally getting it, understanding what the next step for them to do is, knowing how the pieces of their business are working together so that they know where to put their energy and where to focus their time and attention when it comes time to create something new or when it comes time to follow up after something happened. Um, That sense of calm that I know what to do next that's one of the things that I love hearing the most from my clients is I was so overwhelmed. I felt like I was going in circles and now I know exactly how to do this, how to show up and how to share my work. That's fantastic. Yeah. I actually experienced that myself when I, I, um, I moved into a a particular niche that I knew a, a good bit about, but you know, you have to just dive in. And of course those first couple of, of, of times that I did it, it was, overwhelming and you know panic inducing yeah and then after that it's like okay now I get it now I understand what to do and it's kind of it's sometimes it's trial by fire but yeah learn that's how you learn definitely that's how I learned for sure (laughs) I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation what um what's next for you what's going on for you right now Yeah, thank you for asking. I actually am launching another podcast. Tactical Magic will still be around, but I'm launching a really fun new podcast called Reveal the Game of Life. And this is January 2021. So it it will hopefully be launched by the end of January. Um, If you're listening to this after that, you can just search for Reveal the Game of Life. And that is me and my good buddy, Chris Tommaso, having just really... um, deep conversations about consciousness and how to play the game of life in this reality full out, how to recognize that we're part of the matrix and start using this matrix to our advantage so that life becomes more about play and less about struggle. Um, I can't wait to hear that. It's really fun. I'm recording three more episodes after this call right now. So um, I highly recommend it. I'm getting a lot out of just hosting it and having these conversations. And I know that people will hopefully get the same hit of energy from it too. Um, And then of course my next six month program starts at the beginning of February, which is Magnetic Influencer Collective. And that's a six month um, program which mixes home study courses. So there's a ton of content to dive into as far as growing your business, growing your list, growing your reach, building content. And then it's also a group program where there's 12 calls, um, 12 90 minute calls where we check in and we deep dive and do some 
inner work and outer strategic work as well on every call. And that creates that accountability and support and community aspect. And then the program also includes five one-on-one hours with me so people can get my nitty-gritty attention on their copy or on their blocks or on their marketing. Um, And yeah, it's my most fun thing because it bridges, for me, facilitating the magic side of things and the intuitive aspects of our businesses with all the strategy and marketing and copywriting and content like that. And that's starting on February 2nd. Excellent. So if um, I'm going to ask you for your contact info in just a minute, but I have one more question. And that is, if you could leave a struggling entrepreneur in January 2021 with one nugget of wisdom, what would it be? Don't give up. Keep going. Don't let all the stories or all the lack of engagement talk you out of the value of what you're sharing with the world. Find the support, find the accountability, create the community if that's what you have to do, but find the people who will have your back and who will witness you and see you as the person you're becoming rather than the person they know you to be. And don't give up. Do whatever the fuck it takes to make your dream a reality. And with that conviction, it happens a lot faster than you think it will, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Thank you. So how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, the best way to find me is at wildheartsriseup.com. If you want more of my daily um, inspiration and wisdom and some views of my van life adventures, you can follow me on Instagram at wild underscore one, that's O-N-E underscore rising. That's also linked from the van life tab on my website. But yeah, everything is there. I have a really fun, speaking of archetypes, I have a really fun tarot archetype quiz that will tell you what level of thought leadership you're at right now. And that is also on the on the website, wildheartsriseup.com. And then the Oracle cards. I saw those on your website. They look fantastic. Yeah, those are on there too. And I did all the art and uh, the guidebook is all written by me too. What can't you do? Um, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what can't I do? I can do anything. And there are things that I haven't done yet that I'd like to. And Um, if you can't, you can find somebody who can, right? That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Molly, it's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really love this conversation. And thank you everyone out there for listening. Thank you so much. Well, this is, this does it for us today. Um, you can find the Women's Sanctuary wherever you find your podcast, or you can also find it at thewomensanctuary.com. Feel free to check that out and um, send me a message if you have any questions. Um, this has been it for, for us today. Thanks to Molly for Molly and I. Um, thank you for being here, and we will see you again next time here on the Women's Sanctuary. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you. 
right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.